All right, guys, it's time for the next level guy show. A men's interview, interest, and improvement focused podcast featuring interviews with the greats from all industries to help you better your life. Each week, a new episode features an interview with one of the greats, covering all aspects of their story, from life hacks to tips and protocols that have allowed them to live life on the next level. We then highlight concrete action steps that you can use to improve your life. And now, your host, Ian Dawson McKay. And today's guest is Trent Ward. Trent is the co-founder and CEO of Form Life. Trent realised firsthand that a busy lifestyle makes it challenging to get to the gym. And so in the middle of a successful finance career, he shifted his focus to develop the most complete at-home fitness studio that he could conceive. After more than four years and teaming with virtuosos in every aspect of product and brand development, including renowned designer Yves Biar and legendary personal trainer Harley Pasternak, the studio was released. Each day, Formal Life can deliver a personalised workout based on the user's preferences and current fitness journey. Aided by machine learning and AI, the full studio can suggest the correct resistance level for a given strength exercise and dynamically adjusts itself to suit the user's performance changes. Form Life leverages its stereoscopic cameras and advanced technology in human-centric computer vision to provide accurate guidance on form and technique. When turned on, the display features a huge variety of live and on-demand personal training sessions to suit individual needs with a user-friendly touchscreen experience, complete with a voice control. When turned off, Form Life is a sleek mirror that blends effortlessly into the rest of the home. And in this interview, we discuss how the idea came about, the journey to creation, how to source the team you need, artificial intelligence, tips on how to make your own product, and so much more. And now, let's get to the interview. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I, I really admire your product at the moment. It's really innovative, you know, it's technologically just taking it to a new level. But for people who maybe don't know your name, who don't know your your company name, but before it explodes onto the market, could you just give a quick intro of who you are and your product and why it's going to be so well known and in everybody's house soon? Sure. Uh, Ian, thank you. And, and great, great to be speaking with you today. Um, uh, my name is Trent Ward. I'm the CEO and founder of Form Life. Uh, we are a uh, connected fitness uh, hardware for the home, um, but we're really developing the best personal training platform out there, um, both from a live one-to-one uh, to a pre-recorded uh, content. Um, you know, based in Los Angeles, obviously, a uh, bit of ground zero for fitness uh, and content, um, and you know, we are launching in November. Um, uh, with actually 11 stores across the U.S., uh, and then hoping to get over to the U.K. pretty soon as well. Cool. I mean, it's it's a revolutionally new idea. I mean, it's it's really cool. It's going to bring you know a lot of. It's going to cut a lot of the excuses people have about why they can't work out, but it's also going to make fitness accessible to everybody, regardless of your time, your situation. But what was your kind of experience before this in terms of fitness? You know, what was what did the younger Trent do in terms of fitness? Did you attend <laughs> classes and gyms? You know, did it did it bug you going to those kind of things? Did you always wish there was something a bit more convenient, manageable that you could do at home? 
you know it it uh maybe it maybe I, I i just sort of took status quo as as um what it was and and i did go to the gym and i did go to classes um and it was hard right you know fitting schedules in the the, the most infuriating thing showing up to class five minutes late and telling and being told you can't get in you know you got dressed you're on the tube you get there you're you're excited and then no it's not just slap in the face uh you know um and, but it's not as if i i um i really then you know went home and and sat and sat in the uh in, in the garage and created something in response it was it was more um i just kind of assumed that there's that annoyance um and you know going to a class and going to the things are great experiences when you are there and and um you know it was important uh but what happened was I actually start I stopped working and stopped I stopped going going to the uh, to the office every day and I started working for myself, and you know the not leaving the house in effect. There's kind of you know you kind of always more work to do, always things to do. Is it, it was really easy to to stop going to the gym, um, you know, and uh, my girlfriend um, who I was living with she had a personal trainer and and he'd come to the house and, and I was sort of sitting there one day being like, well, wait a minute, I'm here. You're here. <laughs> like, why, 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 why don't we work out? Um, and I, it was the first time I used a trainer. I had, um, I, I hadn't always seen the value in it. Frankly, I, I kind of, you know, thought I knew what I was doing. Um, I'd done a lot of sports as a kid and, and sort of, I, di- I didn't need the motivation. I didn't need to be pushed. I, I, I had a lot of that already um and what i learned and it's funny because in the same way i know how to drive a car pretty well all right i grew up in california we we drive everywhere um but i liked being driven i like i like getting an uber and having someone else do it for me and kind of once i sort of moved over to this idea that you, you know just because i know how to do it doesn't mean that i i can't i can't be helped um the freedom of being told what of not thinking for an hour and being told what to do um, and have someone else kind of manage that was was fantastic. Um, and then the, the efficiency of being able to work out, you know, he'd show up, I'd do an hour, he'd be gone and, and I'd be done and I'd feel great. It was, it was tremendous. I know that feeling. It's, there's days when the only times I would go to the gym, despite having a membership for ages, was when I had a trainer, you know, when you knew you'd lose that money if you didn't go. <laughs> you didn't mind your membership kind of, dis- you know what I mean? It's, it's a strange kind of logic that if somebody's waiting for us, or like a teacher kind of, but it's that moment, isn't it, when they sit there and correct your form and you're like, I've been doing this for years. And, you, and they're like, nope, you're completely wrong. And, you're like, oh. and that's what I really liked about it was, since like lockdown, you know, the coronavirus and stuff, I've really kind of noticed how limited fitness options are. You know, I mean, I used to do Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, some powerlifting, you know, going for cycling out uh, around the city that I was living in at the time. And then as soon as everybody said, no, lockdown, everything's closed, it really made you think of like, where do you work out? And very few people knew what to do. And you see people, oh, I was doing press ups and sit ups. That's about the scope of what was available. And I really like that your idea of something that could be a functional part of the, you know, the house, but could also be used for fitness. So why did you go down the mirror concept? Was it that sort of dual functionality or did you just look at the mirror one day and go, it'd be great for someone to talk to me? <laughs> yeah, no, t- t- totally. Um, and 
you know, I'd say you're right with the, with with kind of lockdown and pandemic. It's forced everyone to kind of reevaluate the, what they were doing, and so that's op- you know, everyone's mind is open now, right? Um, and, and we would have gotten there eventually. I would have taken you know time, and and this was a trend that's that's kind of a, going on, um, but it's it's accelerated. Um, from a from a design perspective, you know, it's funny. I my what I. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a designer. Um, you know, I, I did uh, you know, engineering in school and, and and worked in business. And I, um, my my crude drawings in the beginning uh, was a sort of a box with two arms. And um, when I met my my co-founder Eve, um, who you know Eve Behar, he is a, a world famous industrial designer. He's kind of he's he's up there with Johnny Ive um, from Apple. You know, he's done a bunch of things. You know, and um, he. You know, he said, "Look, this is this is going into the home, and it's so cool. Like in his house, everything disappears. Like behind walls, it, it, it you can't you know it, you can't see anything. He's very into not having clutter and to have things kind of disappear. And he said he works out, and, and he's like, well, when he's with his trainer, he looks in the mirror all the time, and and he's like, I it's important you know so that I make sure I'm doing things correctly." Um, but I also don't want this to be a bunch of gym equipment in the house. And so he was the one that really came up with the mirror idea um this is kind of beginning of 2017 actually um uh both from a functional perspective of, of kind of what it is and then also from an aesthetic perspective and would you say would you be the like the functionality part of the partnership because i'd seen everybody kind of talking about eves as the like a world-class you know designer and a standout um creator and that but what would you say your role initially was? Were you looking at the fitness aspect and how to take this sort of aesthetically beautiful mirror and turn it into a functional fitness platform and back and forth? Definitely. Um, you know, he, he and I have very complementary skills. Um, it, you know, it's funny. It's, it's uh, you know, when we're sitting there, you can tell we look at the world very differently <laughs> um, <laughs> and you know it's it, it's a great partnership because of that because it's it's like he knows so much uh, in areas that i just have no clue and and you know i'd say vice versa probably as well um and so we have very different perspectives and, and frankly we both have strong opinions and it's good um and so we kind of we push off against each other and uh so it's been fantastic you know creating this thing with him and, and then the rest of the team that we've brought on as well. Um, so it's, it's good. He's, there's something, look, everyone has different tastes, right? You know, you, you know, you can look at something and say it's pretty and I can look at something and, 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 and disagree. Um, he has a talent and a way of doing things that most people think is great. Right. And, and that, that is, he, you know, making that choice it's not personal preference it's work and he works hard at it and 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 he really thinks about the human in in when he's designing things so when you were doing this was this your first sort of foray into it i mean you had a business background before this but i mean how what was your sort of history and experience in product experience you know what did you learn from that initial kind of do I do it or not? You know, like how did you overcome that fear of actually having the idea but going for it? Because so many people like shit themselves when it comes to that point of, you know, actually taking action. What made you kind of go, no, this needs to be created. This needs to be brought into the world. You know, it was, um, 
it's funny the uh, when when your mates tell you something um, like oh, I'm gonna do this or this you like you don't know what the fuck you're doing you can't you can't do that right like that's that's what friends are for right <laughs> uh, and good to tell me. <laughs> you know there's a little bit of cut the tall poppy in there and some other things but it uh, you know um, so I was I was doing this on the side um, I was kind of you know, doing a few businesses and, and this was, this was, this was like a something I was living in London at the time. And, um, and I was doing all the work for form in California and I was sort of, you know, it was sort of, it was, it was incubating out there and I wasn't talking much about it because I just, I, I, you know, I thought it was a little stupid and, and I kind of thought I was just wasting my money and, but I was, and I was trying to, you know, I was trying to lower the the, the threshold, right? So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll just make kind of a cool device for myself, right? And, you know, this is kind of interesting. And and so there, you know, I'd say um, this is, I kind of had the idea 2015, started spending some money and doing research in 2016, hired some engineers. Um, and, you know, the first thing was I, well, I guess Peloton had just started. They'd sort of launched in 2014. I sort of, the, kind of saw the business model of subscription um, and content and, and thought that that made sense. Um, and it was sort of the pieces were kind of coming together and I was I was getting encouraged and I thought there was something there. But it was really when I met Eve uh, in August of 2016. Um, and he, he heard me talk about my vision and he's like, cool, I'm in. I want to, I want to be a part of this. I think it's, I think it's really exciting. I've always wanted to do something in health. Um, and you know, this is a guy who, to, to be honest, I didn't know who he was until my friend introduced me to him and I looked up his, you know, his company's website and he said, I was like, wait, I know every one of those products practically. I was like, this guy's, this guy is incredible. Um, and I got lucky, right. You know, it was one meeting, um, with the right person who believed in it. And I said, well, if that guy who sees everything, right, everyone, Everyone in in Silicon Valley who's making a product goes to Eve and says, "Can you make this pretty?" In effect, um, and I was like, "Okay, this guy has limited time, and he wants to to do this with me. There must be something here, right?" He's he's you know he's been doing this for decades. He knows what he's doing, and that was a real vote of confidence, frankly. Um, that I think, in absence of of that, you know, kind of an insider in this in this industry saying this is cool. Um, yeah, I think it would have been hard, right? I think I would have always, I would have kind of continued to doubt myself and said, hey, I'm a finance guy living in London. What what do I know? Um, but that was the first thing. And then I, and frankly, I still do this to the day. I really just kind of come back to what do I absolutely believe in my heart to be true, right? What do I know to be true that I'm, if I'm wrong, I don't mind being wrong about, right? What are my first principles? And look, exercise is about doing it consistently, regardless of what you do. As long as you do something consistently and get your heart rate up, it's good. Like there's undeniably, that's a good thing. If you can add resistance to you, to, to the routine, that's a good thing, right? Why don't I do this often? It's usually because I don't have time and it doesn't fit in my schedule. You know, those sort of things like, okay, in the home, I don't have that excuse. What, what are my other excuses? What are, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Great. Here's, here's content, right? Um, I, I, I'm not in, I'm not, I don't have, I'm not encouraged. Well, let me show you progress. Right. So it's kind of the, what's kind of true to being human and, and, and this problem. And then are we solving that the rest will follow. 
right? As opposed to some high concept idea, you know, I tend to be always a little more rooted into what what is reality and what what can I count on. Because that's a good side of it. It's that I, I notice that with a lot of top performers, you know, they kind of come up with an idea and they have that passion behind their vision. They kind of go, yeah. But then they still, you know, they get the feedback. And, you know, it, sometimes it takes you meeting somebody completely different to you. That shows us what's possible. But a lot of people, some of the biggest products that were created scratch the itch of the, you know, the creator. And, you know, you can think, well, it's, it's just for myself. But then you realize it's like, if you have a question, you Google it, tens of thousands have had that question, you think, there might be more to this. But did you go down the line of, like, fo- focus groups, or did you just keep trying to build it and build it and then see the demand for it? How did you go about finding that there was, like, there was going to be a market need for this, that you weren't going to be, you know, coming out with, think it's the new Coca-Cola, and it's, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but, 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 how... Coke, oh, Coke, yeah, the new Coke. That's 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 kind of marketing bullshit, right? Like that's mm-hmm. not solving a problem, right? And so I I focused, you know, and I tried to be very clear. What what does the market want versus what do I want, and how are they different or not? And um, I we did a little bit of focus group, but frankly, it was there to confirm what I believed, right? Yeah. And because I mean, that's the thing. It's like any new class has the same problem you still have to get up you still have to travel there you still have to go in you still you know i like this it's you know just be able to turn around and it's right in front of me like what, you know, this is awesome if i could get a jiu-jitsu training partner with it it's even better no totally um and we will do some martial arts content you can't you can't throw it that <laughs> it might be too expensive but uh no it's it's um i i you know it's it, Look, one of the great things about never having done this before is I didn't have any ego about it. I knew I knew nothing. <laughs> and uh, it was easy for me to ask questions. Um, and I approached everything. I was like, okay, what are the p- potential answers? How do we make the right decision? And what's the best one? And, and you know, my career, um, you know, I I'd spent most of my uh, career in, in finance and in, in the public markets. And, and I remember one of my first seed investors asked me at the end of end, end of the meeting, and he said, "Okay, well, by the way, what did, you know? Can you tell me what you learned in your previous career?" I thought about it. And I said, "You know, I'm very good at making decisions with imperfect information. You know, you never have perfect information in public markets, and and you really have to think what's risk reward. Where am I going to be wrong? And so my my repetition to my practice has been about making decisions and I'm very good at making decisions and, and I'm very good about changing my mind when, I, when there's new information. Um, and I don't partly because, you know, making a product and all this stuff is largely new. Uh, I don't have any ego about it. I, I, I'm like, who's the best at this and where can I find the best information? Um, and that's really what I did in assembling the team that we have, right? It's, um, uh, I think, it's harder sometimes if you are great at something and, you know, to separate what does the market want versus what do you want? Um, and so it's a, it, it's a, I guess that I, I look at focus groups and kind of other people's opinions as, well, they're kind of taking information and they're not looking at it objectively and they're having an opinion. 
I'm doing it from an objective perspective. This is what I've decided is I believe to be the right answer. Can I go out and prove that with information? Um, and, and what I learned, you know, kind of the people in uh, our, our CTO who, who'd worked with Eve for a couple of decades said, look, there's two ways to make products. You can do focus groups, you can do this, you can iterate and kind of end up with a product as a result of that, or you can be a visionary and do it this way. You know, there's pluses and minus to both. And I was like, I'm probably more the latter than the former. I will use information and data, but you know what? This is the right answer and I'm fine being wrong, it, right? If, if this isn't true or this doesn't work, I know why it didn't and that's the bet I'm making, right? And it's very clear which bet I'm making here. And that's why I go back to those first principles of, you know, lifting weights is good. Working out at home is efficient. Um, being told what to do and having measurement, you know, all of those things are, are they're not discretionary choices. They're more factual. I love that because that's something I've definitely noticed with a lot of the top performers I've interviewed where they control the controllables. You know, you work on your skills, let's say, area, and then you go and delegate it, like, you know, the design to somebody that knows it better. You'd find the team to build the project if you're not able in that area. You kind of bring in other people. And, you know, you're right about the ego is how many, like, I, I've tried to do all these courses in marketing and all this, and it's actually shite a lot of it. You know, you just <laughs> sit there and you're like, what? You know, it's all keywords and buzz phrases, and you're like, but it's not solving anything. And when I would go and ask, say, 50 people about the podcast, you got completely different answers and all different spectrums. And you just thought, I don't know where I'm going. It confuses you more. You know, you almost get sort of paralysis by analysis. And it's I like that idea that you have that I see a lot of these big guys and top performers have where you just go, no, I know it's going to work. You have that passion in yourself, but you're not too arrogant to think that you have to design everything, that you have to run every single aspect of it, that you can delegate it to other people. And obviously from, you know, looking at it, it's stunning. It's beautiful. But... How did you know then that, you know, how did you make it different, say, to Penanton? How did you make it different to, say, a set of dumbbells in the house? Did you always expect it to go to top tier kind of pricing, top tier quality? Did you ever consider focusing towards them like a more for the masses? Did you always want this to be the A-list of fitness equipment? Or did you even consider that kind of aspect? Yeah, you know, I did, and and it is, and there are some conscious choices in there. You know, um, from a different, few different perspectives, and and trust me, the amount of, I got a good amount of pushback from people. Oh, isn't it expensive? Or this and and you know, it's at, like at, an, it's like having an arsenal. Everybody's got an opinion, don't they? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you know, unlike talking about you know whether who should be on the pitch that day, which <laughs> there is no right answer. There's data here, and mm. you know, I'm an I, I, I at my core, I'm a, I'm an analyst, and when you look at who works out and who spends money, it's not representative of the whole population. And so, your traditional consumer product, you have your top tier, you have your mid tier, and you have your mass. And sure, the mid tier is getting smaller in a lot of ways, but the fitness market is actually inverted. So in the U.S. Um, 70% of the revenue probably in the gym sector is at the premium level, right? Um, you know, it's, 
from a population perspective, let's say average price of a gym in the U.S. is around 60 bucks a month per person. And there's kind of three price points in there. And they're almost equally sized from a, from a, from a volume perspective, right? There's about 40% in the lower bucket. There's about, you know, 25, 30% in the middle bucket. Uh, and there's around 30-ish percent, low 30s in the top bucket. When you look at consumer products, that's not like that's not how the car market shaped, right? There's a few Bentleys out there and there's a shitload of Toyotas, right? So the shape of spend and consumption in the fitness market is heavily weighted towards premium. Strategically, you want to be the most expensive thing in the market. Um, this is, you know, look, take the correlation to fitness and success in you know financially or business is pretty high a lot of the same characteristics that are in one you see in the other and so um you do have a natural kind of correlation there uh the the other thing is so let's say you look you're busy you work 12 hours a day and you sleep you know seven you travel you know commute food family you don't have a lot of free time you're going to go spend one hour or 45 minutes of that free time doing a gym workout or, or some sort of exercise. That's a massive and massive share of your free time. Like it's very, very important to those people. When you look at that and you go, I'm going to buy this thing that's 4K and this thing that's 3K, it's, it, it doesn't, the price doesn't matter, the value you get. And that's, that's one of the concepts that I think a lot of people, um, don't spend enough time being precise about are we talking about price or are we talking about value and fundamentally this category and and these people will buy the item that's the best if it's affordable and so look i give a great example for you the iphone it's the most expensive phone in the market pretty much right i mean you know sure there's samsung as well but like in general the iphone is not the low cost mass product and yet it's sort of the the standard or the default uh, and that's because it provides a lot of value now most people don't pay 750 dollars for it or, or 700 pounds or whatever it's uh, financed on a monthly basis through your phone company or through apple and so affordability comes down partly to financing um but it's that consumers making the decision ultimately based on what value they get out of the product, and and you much, uh, you know, I'm a, uh, I'm a believer in selling on value, not price. Um, I think you know, I personally, I'm a, I'm one of those people who I I still have furniture that I bought in college that I've had for twenty years. I didn't I you know I I bought things um I I had the IKEA stuff of well of course, but I also you know I I remember I bought with my first uh, summer bonus from, from working uh, some real furniture, right? Which is weird for a uni student, but I, I've grew up with my father and you, know, you, you buy things of quality and you take care of them. Right? And so I, I've, I've always spent more money on things, but I also never replaced things because I bought the right ones and I took care of them. Um, and my chases don't change as well, but um, but I, uh, you know, that's the that's kind of the mentality I grew up with. It's sort of you know my father's business had had a lot of similarities to that. Um, so part of it's personal preference and how I was conditioned, and part of it's I think strategically, it's the right way to play this market. Mm-hmm. Look at Peloton; it's the default option, and yet it's the most expensive bike out there. You know, same thing with Apple, right? So all of these markets have these similar shapes. 
because that definitely while I was listening to that, I was like, the younger Ian would have gone for the oh no, that's too expensive. Let's go for a sort of the medium or the lower kind of quality. Whereas now my mum and would be always hacking at me, kind of going, no, buy for quality. Think about how much use you're going to get. You want one that's going to last and take care of it. And so now I do, like you say, go towards the top tier. And I'm, I've always been interested in how people view it and where they are in their life and their like, you know, their ability to make money and things like that and their judgments on products based on, like you're saying, is it cost uh, or is it the actual quality or is it the convenience they're getting from a product? And that's why I was so interested in, like, in the... I say mirror, but you know what I mean? It's I like the idea of being able to work all day just now and have half an hour before I have a podcast or something and getting out a workout that's not me just pissing against the wall basically it's not me just sitting there going i'm not getting anything from this you actually have led by an instructor that can an ai that can actually mimic and follow along with you and then check your progress and give you you know valuable data back that's really unheard of because most people like you know younger people just have a set of drumbells or a you know one of these um hip bands sitting by their mirror they just jump on it when they get five seconds maybe have terrible form and then you know then they wonder why they don't get any progression so how did you go about changing that fitness industry how did you make people understand that this is better for them but to try to sort of pull in the scope of what people want to do when they work out from home you know because you offer some amazing modules and functions in this setup you know the different bars like you know when you had the ballet bar for example I was like that is immense. Like that is he struck, me, he struck me as a ballet guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was just looking at it just going, what? I was, I was just like, yes. That, I mean, I could see just the thought that you had considered such a wide market of people. I thought, yeah, they, they get it. They understand their users. But how did you, you know, how did you go about that? Because you're reshaping the fitness industry. Did you, you know, is this just scratching your own itch or are you looking at what you can build from this, what you can add to it? Because you've got amazing music, fantastic cheers, you know, you've got like the ability to one-to-ones and, you know, you've got so much from this. But how did you start with this? Like what what went into your head when you were thinking about this? You know, I really thought about, about you know, the consumer and the audience and people, you know, I... um. I, you know, so I was in kind of my mid thirties, um, and I, you know, girlfriends, friends, you know, kind of in the mid thirties, you know, some of them had gotten pregnant and, 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 you know, said they were, one was a runner and she's like, she got to five months pregnant. She goes, my doctor told me I'm not supposed to run anymore. I need to lift weights. I've never done that before. Or, or I'd hear from, from women. I don't want to bulk up, you know, um, I, I, I'm just going to continue on, on the treadmill. I'm like, you need to lift weights. <laughs> you need to do these things. And you sort of realize there was, there was a large, there's a lot of perception and kind of misinformation. And, and so it's like, okay, well, I know that, I know that lifting weights is physiologically proven. This is science. We know this works. We know that women don't have enough testosterone and other things to really put on a lot of muscle. Um, uh, you know, as every trainer will say, if I could get you to bulk up with those little weights, I'd be, I'd have men out the door, you know, trying to, trying to, to, to get, you know, have me coach them. Um, it's only that easy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny how we come, you know, we're conditioned uh, by by society in, in those ways. 
So we know that to be not true. Okay, well, what do we need to do to get you to change your mind? How do we do it? Well, going to the male part of the gym where there's a bunch of sweaty guys who, you know, um, it's not the best place to learn. It's not the most comfortable environment. Okay, let's remove one of those barriers. Let's put it in the home. Let's add privacy. Well, great. I have weights now. They're in the home. What do I do with them? Oh, you don't have knowledge. Okay, you could pay for a trainer. That's expensive. You didn't play the sports to learn this stuff. Let's put a trainer on the screen and show you how to do it. Um, you're worried about getting injured. Okay, well, great. We have a way to set the weight for you automatically based on how strong you are because of the artificial intelligence we have. Cool. Check that box. Now you have confidence that you're doing the right thing, right? So uh, for me, it was always, what's the problem we're trying to solve? How do we solve it? And, and just systematically going through those things. And then, you know, and, and it, look, it's from talking to people and I'd hear from, I'd hear from a guy, oh, I really like this. This is a great idea. My wife won't let me have it. I'm like, what, what does your wife like to do? She goes, she likes going to her bar class. I'm like, well, what, you know, that's a mirror with a bar and this. We can do that. Like, hey, guys, can we get a bar on this machine that is uh, detachable and, and supports weight? And the engineer's like, yeah, we can do that. Cool. Let's give it a try. And the moment we do that and we show it to people, like, that's amazing. Um, and so it is really about removing friction all the way around. You know, what, it, what are the concerns of people you know when you know and and families and couples are very much you know a, a key target here because again it goes back to i don't have time to do these things it's not that i prefer a or b is i don't have time to get to the gym it, it's no preference um it's i have to work out at home or i'm not working out and that lack of time usually comes from getting married having kids having a commute moving out of the city center and not having services near you. But what that means is there's two people in the home at least. And so now that you have two people in the home, you need to sell to both of them, right? And, and one of the, so one of the core strategies we had was to be non-gendered, right? Or, or be both for men and women. And you weren't going to get them all, right? But you know what it's like when, you know, you, you're there with your partner you're ordering takeout. Hey, what do you want? Chinese? What do you want? Pizza? You both settle on, you know, I, I don't know, uh, <laughs> Italian, because it's neither, it's neither your, it's not your first choice. It's not your partner's first choice, but it was the lowest common denominator. And so there's an element there where like, when you're making joint decisions, you need to have all these other pieces. And so the way to make that, make it easier for that decision to be made in that household to buy form life is to give lots of options. I, I, I say it sometimes, I'm not trying to get two yes votes from your house. I'm just trying to get one yes and one non-veto, right? You just don't want the other person to stand in the way. And so you show them you can do bar, you can do dancing, you can do these things. So I think it's it's partly strategic of how to get into the home more easily, but also you shouldn't just be lifting your dumbbells and doing your weights. You should be doing some yoga. You should be doing this other stuff. You should have diversity in your activities, both to keep it exciting and fresh, but also your body needs those different elements. So there's... You know, again, much like with the mirror where we want it to fit into the home, but we also think it's good for the workout. You know, we want to get into the home by offering lots of items to, to convince, you know, the the laggard to not stand in the way. But we also think it's good for you. So there's there's a lot of things we thought about of what's the problem we're solving and, and finding solutions that achieved all of those objectives. It's time for a quick break. There are millions of potential products to buy, so how do you know which ones are worth your hard-earned money? Simple. 
you go to nextlevelguy.com affiliates and explore those that will transform and improve your life. You'll find deals, listener exclusives, and special offers with some great companies. Recommendations are 100% honest and only on items Ian has tried or believes in. The companies showcased will make you a better man in all areas of your life. Simply go to nextlevelguy.com slash affiliates and level up. Because it wasn't just the convenience that I liked about your idea. It was the fact that when you looked at it, there was the encouragement there as well, but it was the variety as well. You know, it wasn't just like a little bit, you know, one of these little apps and you just sit there and go, oh, that's harm fitness stuff you know that you offered a variety of different sports that were you know that were maybe male dominated usually which females could try or the vice versa there was the gender neutral stuff there but there was also like the the meditation module you know and it wasn't just like the elevator music you made it cool you made it like going to a class would feel like in your own home but able to do it and you'd also engage the kind of the safety net, I suppose, of to to guys who maybe want to try um, Pilates or one of these kind of classes, but would be a bit too nervous to go to a class because they're maybe going into oh, a room full of all women, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, no, totally. It's um, uh, and and so this is where, uh, where where I think it's a good it's a good uh, uh, instance of where your instinct and focus groups start to align. So we believe that it's good for people to do these other things. And you do focus groups. And we we know these guys, big big guys being like, "Ah, you know this um this yoga thing or this meditation thing. I've heard it's good. I'm I'm very interested in it, but like I'm not good at it. I, I'm not flexible. Um and I feel uncomfortable being quite shit at it, frankly, <laughs> right? You know, um and, and our fragile egos, huh? Yeah, oh, totally. T- traditional male fragile ego sitting there like, I don't want to be the bad one in the class. Um, and and what, what you love about it is the irony. I'm not good at it. The whole point of yoga is not ever being good or bad. There's no judgment. It's, you know, it's kind of this, it's it's the it's the process, not the end result. Hmm. Fine. You know, so there, there's all that. Once you have it as, as private and in the home, um, it, allows you to sample more and and so i think we're going to bring some pretty cool stuff from la that you wouldn't find elsewhere but i think people might have interest in it you know especially if they can do it in the privacy of their own home um and then what was interesting you know and look we all know men and women are different right um and so the women said uh and you know these this was the group that had kids um Almost every single one of them said, if I don't work out, I'm going to kill my husband or my kid. Uh, and for them, the workout was was a little more of a mental thing. It was a release. It was a, it was a break from their day. It was, it, was, it, was, uh, it was a stress relief. And so not that we made female content and male content, but we realized there were, people do different things. So when I work out, I want, when I'm lifting weights, I want to do my 10 reps of one exercise and cross it off the list and move to the next one. And very linear and very accomplished driven. And, you know, I get dopamine from, from those, from those things. That's pretty male. Um, the women in the office, uh, you know, were like, ah, it's okay. It's a little boring, but they loved the content that we made that was more, you know, they're like, we don't care how many reps we do. 
We just want to be told, okay, 10 seconds left and we'll push ourselves. And for them, it was this time-driven type of content where they escaped their day and, and, and it was less about the accomplishment. It was more about effectively the process and going through it and, and, and et cetera. So people have different reasons for exercise and you need to have a product that has different metrics for that because you know you, you, the person's going to be engaged one way or the other. So insights like that, where you took it from the from some folks groups and kind of understood and then built it in into how we made a product. Because it's a really good way of doing it. Because how many people buy a bike? Or oh, I'm going to cycle every night, but it soon gets boring. Or you know I'm going to get some dumbbells or a weight bench from home, but you don't always fancy that. Some days you want to go intense. Other days you want to just have a gentle cycle. Other days you want to have that, like you're saying, that kind of moment of just chilling out and relaxing. And that's that's a big plus for your your um, product is you've got that kind of scope that it if, adheres to what if, like your partner might want to do, what you might to do, or what you might want to do together. But you also have that thing of encouraging them to try other things and to develop themselves as much as like just to get fit what about the community aspect you know are you thinking of keeping it just of you can speak to the other like the other mirror shall we say or are you looking to have like team um community aspects to it and like leaderboards and all that kind of stuff or you try to keep away from that that kind of idea it's a good question um and you know i think everyone it's become clear to everyone that community is incredibly powerful and the social dynamics of competition and, and, and uh, you know, group, uh, group participation is, is really, really powerful for engagement. Um, I'm pretty firm that just because those things are good and they exist doesn't mean that they're key for us, mm -hmm. right? I, you know, I, I approach it a little more of, I know that's a good thing, what's authentic for the, of how we involve that and let's just not try to pigeon or to shoehorn it in here um and i see that with other products where they try to give you the feeling that you're a part of something and and it it, it comes across like they shouldn't have done anything frankly because it comes across so poorly um you know we are um i think we're very focused on this as personal training and in the u.s 55% of people work out by themselves. Um, now, working out with a group is great as well. There's powerful drivers. How do you marry them? So we have leaderboards and, and, and some aspect of that. But actually, if you think about competition, the um, the higher concept uh, is, is actually quantification. And so um, competition, so quantification for me is, um, I'm driving down the highway, uh, no one, no one's around me, and I think I'm going the speed limit. The moment I look at the speedometer, I it's quantified. I will change my behavior. I will, I will go faster, or I'll go sl more slowly. And, uh -huh. and so without that information, I don't know, right? And so it's the like same thing. If you're on a on a bike, if you think you could be going at ten, and you, th or you think you're at ten, you can go at ten, but you're actually going at eight. Unless you're measured and shown that, you won't change your behavior. So you don't need to be pushed. You just need the information. You have it in you already. 
right? And likewise, you may be going out too hard and you need to be told, hey, you know, back it down. So I think information is really important, you know, and there's a lot of stuff in Silicon Valley where they say if you, if you can't measure it, you, you, you can't optimize it um, or you can't fix it. So part of it's that. Competition mm -hmm. is someone drives past you on the highway and you try to catch up with them. Right? It's, it's there. It's just a different element. And there are a lot of people that aren't into competition, to be fair, like, and, and there are people that are. So I think it's making um, the experience uh, adaptable for each type of person. Sorry, you're going to say, Ian. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, it's just because when you were saying that, I was, I was, I was listening going, that's very true because um, I don't know if you've ever played FIFA, the football game. And mm -hmm. when they did the online thing, I thought, oh, this is brilliant. I'm going to play this the whole time. I think I played it like three times. I just like playing against like a teammate um, or I like playing it by myself against the computer. I didn't, you know, just, I was like you said, just because it's possible doesn't mean it's good. it's good. Yeah, correct. And and I think it's, it's important to stay disciplined. Otherwise, you end up with a product that kind of is uh, nothing to all people, right? You know? Yeah. Um, and... So think about the personal training and group fitness are sort of different. You, you wake up this morning and you're like, I feel like doing X and you go and you do it. Right. And, 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 you know, if you have a Peloton, you get on the bike and you make a decision, then you're going to ride and you, you do a selection of, I want this trainer, that trainer, this time personal training is different, right? Like I know I have four, four things I'm going to do this week. I, that's my commitment. I'm going to do four, four sessions a week. Right. Um, by the way, it's not happening. Um, <laughs> but in my ideal I, I, world, I definitely am not either. <laughs> no, no, no. It's but you know, I have a goal, right? And and this is when I had my trainer, right? Because we'd schedule appointments, we'd have three sessions a week, and you know, we knew what we were doing. Um, and it, I didn't care what I did each day. He showed up and he made the decisions, but I knew I was, I had that appointment and that natural context. Um, is different than, hey, let's all get together and push each other to do this thing. I mean, one of the, you know, and, and I know Peloton, kind of the, con or the, the, the people talk a lot about, hey, I got a shout out or there's this. And, and that's good for some people. But frankly, 90% of people time shift those classes, right? It's really about on demand. And the, you know, there's 30,000 people in those classes or 10,000 people in those classes. Like you're not going to get your name shouted out anymore and you have to filter your, your leaderboard to get it down to a small enough group. So you feel good about yourself. Now, some people still really like that and, and you can compete with friends and that's great. Um, I personally, I am not trying to compete with other people. I'm making progress about what I want. It's my goals, what I'm trying to do. And I'm, I'm measuring against my own items. Um, so mm. it's competing against myself. Um, and what I think what you find is also once you get married and have kids, like, and you're a little older, you're not going to the gym to meet someone. You're, <laughs> you're just trying to fit it in and, and your social life is largely taken up by your family. Um, and, and you have different objectives. So I don't think it's one's good and one's bad. I think there's just different types. And, and, and by the way, there's room for both. I, I work out during the week. I just try to get my sessions in and on the weekend, my wife and I will, will go to an activity together, right? Again, it's for a different reason. Um, so I, I think any, ex, any exercise is great um, and there's different drivers for different people. Because it definitely becomes sometimes too large. You know, I was, I was I really agreeing, sort of nodding my head there. It was 
plenty of times like i when i work out i want it to be personal like if i go to the gym if i'm working out with a training partner i'm making sure his form is right i'm keeping him safe by you know in case the weights drop on him or whatever i want him helping me you know we don't kind of care what joe blogs in the corner is doing um i mean sometimes you do look at these like stats on men's health and all that and you'll say oh my deadlift's more than the national average or something like that yeah (laughs) sure but it's not like a sort of day-to-day thing that i want and that's what i kind of see with the pentaton thing is like oh everybody together and push it and all that kind of and they're selling it as a sort of one-to-one kind of thing where like you said there's like thousands of people in those classes everybody's kind of doing that and not everybody wants that or to be wants to switch it you know people want to switch that off sometimes sometimes you just want uh, a de-stressor where it's just you pushing yourself as hard as you can go. You don't want to have somebody else talking to you. And I like that kind of a style of what you've got. It's you can pick what you want, You the environment that you go into. They use an AI where it uses cameras and sensors and it you know it manages the resistance you use. And this is like, when I read it, it's like, that's awesome. But how do you go about that? How did you even start creating the idea of artificial intelligence that can do this? How did you realize what the the scope and the you know the realm of it could be? How did you find the right people to bring your like fantastic ideas to fruition? You know the um, I I'm I'm a big believer in in go where the talent is, and frankly, San Francisco Bay Area's got bunch of talent <laughs> when it comes to engineering it doesn't have a lot when it comes to fitness or content though um so all well, changing in- up. <laughs> yeah well no we're in la so we so our office in la um i spent about a year and a half in san francisco all of our engineers are there right and when i started to try to hire marketing people i realized no one wanted to move to san francisco they all lived in la and i sort of like ah makes sense la is the second biggest media market in the country and um, and, and it's a much bigger city than San Francisco. Um, and so I opened the LA office where we're marketing business, fitness, right? All, you know, content. Um, and you sort of realize getting something done in the content world in San Francisco, there's a few options. It's kind of hard. It's just not that deep of a market. Doing it in LA, everything's easy and available. And so, and, and likewise for, for San Francisco and for engineering talent, you know, there's a lot of it. And so it's partly that, um, you know, our, our chief technology officer, Gregor is, is pretty experienced. He's, he's been around. Um, I think when the, you know, I think artificial intelligence and machine learning and these, these, uh, these buzzwords are thrown out a lot. Um, and, um, you know, there's varying degrees of it. Uh, you know, so specifically, um, it came. It sort of came from again two ways. One is, like, just specifically with it, with with some of the AI. Well, the human insight is, I'm scared of getting injured. Am I doing the right weight? Right? How do I know what's right? Um, and you sort of think about, okay, well, how do you do it on your own? You pick up a weight. Oh, it's a bit heavy. I'm going to get the lighter one, or vice versa. And and, and you sort of find that a lot of people aren't making progress because they're not pushing enough weight. But also a lot of people are getting injured because they're doing too much. And there's a lot of human bias in there. There's overconfidence. There's, you know, there's lack of knowledge. So I said, how do we make sure we have the right one? Um, what are the, inf- what's the information that we would do? And I talked to trainers, how do you do this? And, um, and 
and you basically take insights from trainers and sports science and then you add math to it to sort of say well if we're seeing this information you know the speed at which you're going uh, how many reps you can do before you slow down the right weight you know we can say this is pretty much what you what your strength is right and the good the good thing is humans we're pretty consistently shaped and pretty consistent strength levels yeah there's a little bit of variation here and there but these problems aren't that hard to solve because it's well bounded if you think about general like computer vision stuff you know that you talk about the algorithm you train it as is this a cat or not a cat and they have to differentiate between a leaf and a stone and a, you know all of these things we're we know that you are going to lift between 30 and 40 pounds right um and it's not going to change from one week to the next from 30 to 70 um it goes and so you, you, the problem you're solving is is not as uh, wide ranging, um, and so there's things like that of like, but as opposed, to, there's this um, there's a, there's a lot of people in San Francisco, I think that in startups that fall under this. Uh, we have a cool technology. Let's go find a problem to to solve, um, as opposed to saying what's the problem we're really trying to solve and how do we use technology to help it, uh, and and so kind of being human centric and kind of consumer pain point first as opposed to i think technology is cool let's find a way to use it which is what i see in some of some of the other companies out there yeah they definitely kind of overpack it but you know just because it's possible doesn't mean it should be there it's like that old saying just because it's in your size doesn't mean you should wear it you know <laughs> so True. What, what would you want the evolution of this to be i mean i was looking at it and I was thinking oh you could have this and you could feed it into a rower and it would do this or you could feed it into a weight bench and it could make you know and i was thinking what about this and i like the idea of the trainer you know you being able to sort of see him and being superimposed onto it and then you could sort of make sure you're doing it correctly and not everybody wants to deadlift 300 kilograms and stuff like that you know it's maybe not for those kind of people but how do you want this to improve? You know, do you want, I mean, did you think about using things like Chromecast where you can put a movie onto the mirror as you're working out? Did you want to think about social media or did you want to keep this, like you were saying earlier, cleaner, more personal, more focused and kind of you only have half an hour, that's your half hour to work out. Cut all the, you know, the excess noise out and let the person work it safely and efficiently it's 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 a little bit of both it's probably a little more of the latter um you know we um but again i i usually start with questions so what do i want to see on the screen okay well if i need guidance on the form and i want pacing and i kind of want this encouragement well i want to see the trainer on there doing these things cool we're going to make that product for that person. Well, but what if I don't want to see those things and I don't need them? Like, you know, so for me specifically, I, I, I've been doing this long enough. Um, I, I know what I'm doing. What do I want? I want the machine to tell me what to do. Right. Um, I want it to count for me. I want it to measure what I'm doing. I want that to inform what I do in the future. Effectively, I want it to do my bookkeeping for me, but I don't need to be entertained um by by that person i don't need the encouragement i don't need to see those those things so now i have a blank screen i can see myself well when we put the match on 
right? Uh, and so I think adding applications where you can add it, but coming from a decision tree of why I'm doing it, if you if you just put everything on the screen, you know, hey, you can do this, this, and this, you end up with kind of too many ingredients in a dish that doesn't taste good. Um, so Definitely. I think being disciplined, but also being kind of flexible and knowing there's more than one type of uh, client is, is the important thing. Um, and, you know, when, where do we take this? Look, this is, if you look at a lot of sports tech breakthroughs, and you know, you start with elite athletes and then it kind of moves to the next level and the next level until it kind of makes it all the way down. We're not dissimilar. You know, we have sports scientists who train national league teams, you know, premier league teams, things of that sort. They're helping inform some of the stuff. We also have, you know, best in class live one-to-one -one personal trainers. It's more expensive. Sure. But they are, you know, expert coaches. We're taking all the insights from all those things and transferring it into uh, technological solutions that reach a bigger audience at a lower cost. And so I think it's important um, to, to have all of those pieces because computers aren't good enough today to replace humans. Um, you still want a lot of the human stuff. Not everyone can afford it. So I think it's important to let's remove price as a barrier. Let's have best in class at what we're doing. Okay, now let's add price as a constraint. Where do we, where do we make trade-offs, right? What do we do? Okay, it's a pre-recorded video as opposed to a live person one-to-one. -one. Sure, you understand that. In the same way, you understand that there's the four seasons and there's, you know, comfort in. And they have different things. You get different stuff from them. They can both be great products for their audiences. And so for us, the linkage really is the right product for the right consumer, but with the same level of focus and thoughtfulness um, uh, to make sure that we're getting best in class training for that person, given the constraints that we have. Yeah, I would definitely agree because a lot of times all this extra stuff is just there. It's in the way. It takes away from the efficiency, but also the aestheticness of the product. And, it's, and those are products that are available for people who want that kind of thing. But when I work out, for example, I don't want to share it to anybody. I want to just be better than the person I was before. But I also want to have, like you're saying, a, a personal trainer in my pocket that can sit there and I can watch it or, you know, I can get the encouragement if I need it or ignore it. Or, you know, that's what I like is you've offered that convenience to it. But what's your idea towards market penetration? You know, how, well, you mean, this took, this is, um, is it three years it's been in development? Uh, yeah, three, a little, a little more than three, you know, kind of four. It's uh, they're they're running together, <laughs> as you can appreciate. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're creating a masterpiece more than just a fitness piece. You know, you're creating a, something that's going to be part of somebody's house that they're proud of, as much of something they're going to use to get to to improve their body. So, I mean, you're clashing two very important worlds together here. And you're making a badass product from it. So, you know, you should be super proud of it. But for Penetrate like for market penetration. Have was there ever a concern that you couldn't get this? That this was always going to be a dream, or did you always know first? Or, you know, did you have any major failures along the way? Um, I always hope I always believed that this product should exist, um, and that the market uh, wanted it. Um, that didn't mean that it was certain it was going to get there. 
Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of pieces to get right um, and to put together to, to get this over the line. And, and, and you see this with any hardware business. You, you, shipping a product is the, is, is, is the goal. And then you optimize later, but like getting over the line, getting into the, into the game is, is a big, big deal. Um, and that's, um, and there's a lot of things that get in the way. So, um, there's, there's finding the right people. There's finding the, the capital. There's finding the manufacturer. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you want to, uh, you want to eat dinner. You can walk out and you choose which restaurant you go to. Well, imagine, imagine when you walk outside, you actually, there aren't that many restaurants and they don't have space. It becomes really hard to eat. Right. Um, and, and that's how manufacturing partners are. They're full. They don't need your business. You know, spending time and energy on a startup to, you know, it's not making any product is a risk. Um, and they have to really believe in it. And, they're, and because they're spending their time and resources, it's not just a here, make this thing for me. Um, like they're making a massive investment in your business uh, implicitly, partly because they have only so much capacity and so much engineering talent. And so they need to choose wisely, but also it does cost them money. And um, I think um, to make a product this sort of complex and detailed and to have it be new, like people are taking a leap of faith. And so I, I went to, I went to Asia a few times, you know, met with everyone. Um, my team had been there a lot as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of relationship uh, driven business there. Um, and, you know, I think we got, uh, we got really lucky. We, we managed to get our, our kind of, first choice partners, people that we, we might've taken a number of years. We might've had to start with like, you know, uh, lower level or smaller, um, partners until we got big enough to move to the bigger guys. Um, we got the bigger guys from day one. Um, and so that, that took more work and more effort, but it's worth it in the long run. It's an investment. Um, and it was, they could see the market was exciting. They, they knew Eve was a big deal. Um, they had a lot of respect for our engineers, um, that we were talented and experienced and capable and it wasn't, the lift wasn't going to be all on them. Um, and you know, they, and the fact that the CEO showed up in and, 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 and flew there to see them in person a few times helped as well. Right. So it was all the pieces coming together. Um, so that, that's surprisingly, uh, a lot harder than I think it, it appears from the outside. And certainly when it comes to fitness equipment, if you think about it, most fitness equipment, it's, it's rolled steel, you know, that's been bent or square, some square steel that's been bent. It's to find a manufacturer that can make uh, more elegant shapes um, and, and more tasteful um, is hard to make something from scratch that has, you know, motors in it is totally new. You know, um, we had to get, uh, a company with some vision. So it was, I mean, frankly, the hardest thing on the, on the display side, uh, finding a clean room that, that can fit a six foot put piece of glass, every, every laptop and TV, you know, they're smaller to get something this big. It, it was not, uh, was not easy. So there, there are little things like that. 
Um, COVID obviously, you know, uh, has been pretty disruptive for a lot of people. Um, definitely the same thing for supply chain. You know, we can't fly that to, to Taiwan at this point. We've had to hire a team there. Um, we are mailing hardware uh, among our, our offices and, and people as they're sort of spread out now. Um, so things are going a little more slowly. Um, obviously, opening up a, a number of new markets for us as a result of it and, and kind of more interest in demand in, in the at-home space. But, you know, challenges as well. I mean, this is definitely like, I love, this is why I love speaking to people like you who've got the passion. You've got the belief in yourself and the product and it's you're not just kind of, Oh well, you know somebody will buy it. Yeah, yeah, I can see the the work you've created into this, and you know that you're going in. Well, there's a problem, right? How do we deal with? It? How do we how do we fix it? What does the customer want? Or oh, we can't do that. Let's let's try this, and you know it's it's the quality of it that you're putting in. You know, you're not just paying for the the convenience, but you're also paying for the the level of care and affection you're showing to the customer as much as you're paying for the the quality of the workout but what then after this amount of time you know with covid etc with the amount that you've put into this you know emotionally physically financially what is your definition of success from it where you know is it just a case of getting it to market and seeing it in people's homes i mean i take it you've also got a financial target you would like to hit but how do you set that when you look at how much you've put into this, all the love and the you know the money and the resources, uh, you know there ec- there are there are economic and there are non-economic goals here. Um, I mean, I think the I know it's the, a great personal question, but yeah, no, I mean, look, the um, there's uh, I'm looking for a win, right? How do we find a win? There's lots of ways, but I you know. We've we've carried the ball all the way from one end of the field to the other. Getting it over the line is is going to be incredibly satisfying. Yeah, in in the, in the same way, you could score a try uh, and still lose the match. It still felt good to do that. Um, so I think that there's a massive accomplishment of getting a product out into market that's commercially acceptable. Um, I'm pretty convinced. Um, once we're there, there's it's kind of hard to see us not winning. Um, frankly, I, I spend most of my time asking myself, how is this not going to work? Right? I, I think I, you're going to have a problem. I, you know, I haven't found the answer yet, really, but I focus more on the downside. The upside takes care of itself. Hmm. Right? It's, 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 don't look at the end zone. Don't look at, the, at, at, at that. Think about, you know, I already did that work. I already... Oh, I I know what the what the what success looks like. So now I'm only focused on what's going to keep me from that, and and that's where I spend most of my time thinking what what can go wrong. And I'm not paranoid um, at all. Um, it's just let's let's not get tripped up by anything. Let's anticipate what could happen. Let's try to mitigate it before it happens. Because I do think the path of least resistance or the the uh, the 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 default path now, I believe to be a very successful one. And so I'm just focused on what's going to keep us not on that path. Um, and, and, and it's, I think it's a good discipline. I think it's really important to always look at things from different perspectives. And um, uh, there's the, hey, let's look at the upside. How, how great is this going to be? 
And then, hey, let's look at the downside and what's that look like? Um, and then how do those things meet? And are there any inconsistencies there that we need to uncover? And what would you say this has taught you as a person? You know, I mean, has it taught you about relationship building, collaborations, creating something? Because a lot of people have their, you know, their idea that dies within them. You know, they they think, oh, yeah, it would be great, but no. And then in their head, they're coming up with all their excuses. You've created something that you knew would be good, that is beautiful to look at, has a breathtaking kind of construct to it, that I know it's going to be super successful. But what has this all taught you about what's possible and, you know, just life and yourself in general? Um. It's surprising how uh, how much of success is just showing up and keep pushing, right? It, it's and I see it because there's there's so many things on my plate that if I don't do them, they don't get done, and it has a lot of ripple effects. Um, but I also realize by me doing them and me pushing ahead and just pushing and pushing and pushing is actually what kind of creates that. You know, it's sort of this. You know, I think you're looking at a, almost a finished product here in a market and saying, well, this is obvious. And this is, you know, um, all along the way, you know, until you get that sort of tide to turn the other way, you're pushing uphill, right? And you kind of just need to keep pushing. And one of the ways of in motivating myself um, when, when doubting and when things felt hard was, well, are there any good reasons this shouldn't work? Like should, you know, am I being stupid? Um, and when I couldn't uncover them, um, or if I did uncover them and I could mitigate them, then it gave me a lot of confidence. And it's like, okay, the element here is really me and and the team. And if we don't keep doing this, it's not going to happen. That's certain. Um, and we don't think there's anything that stands in the way that if we do push, that will keep us from success. So it's really on us. And, and it's kind of that of sort of understanding where the roadblocks are when you, and, you know, when you've really thought about it, you kind of realize a lot of it's you. Um, and it was surprising how there are people that just don't have that drive. And, and, and it's really, you know, when in my own investing and in, in backing other founders, um, it really does come down to the founders. Um, it, it, like they're the ones who you're making the bet on. Um, and you know, they don't always work, but like, that's the person that's going to make the difference at the end of the day. And I'm not trying to, um, fall into the cult of the founder and all this other stuff. It's, it's less to do with that person's that special. It's not, it's not that, oh, well, they're the boss and therefore they're the person that is just so talented. It's, it's possible for, 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 for many people to be in that role. It's more in that role, the person who's performing, it's up to them and they need to just keep pushing. And, and sort of a part of that is I underestimated how much effort it would take to communicate the vision and the message. Cause it seems so obvious to me mm-hmm. and to really understand that everyone you meet needs to kind of hear it for the first time and, and, and until you get enough people that are pushing for you. So it's, it is, you know, it's the same thing. You're the only person clapping and then you get a few more people clapping and then eventually the whole stadium's clapping. Um, it takes a while to get that going. 
Um, but then it's really powerful once you do. And, and that's that energy as the founder or the, or the person responsible for getting it going. It, that, that's the difference, I believe. Yeah, that could really resonated with me because it's exactly like this with the podcast. You know, you have this vision in your head and you live it, but then it's really hard to explain it to somebody new. And you think, well, why aren't you getting this? Why aren't you understanding this is better than that or that? And then you kind of have to show it. And But that's part of the dream. That's part of the vision. That's part of the love of it. You know, it's part of the joy of doing it, of it's building that passion and like that interest in other people. I mean, I know we're way over time. I'd love to have you back on to kind of, you know, once it gets into the market and see how you're going to change it, what your focus is going to be then, how you analyzed it and things like that. But I can wish you nothing but success for this. I know you're not going to need it because it's going to be fantastic, but where can (laughs) (laughs) I don't, something tells me looking at it, you're not going to struggle on, but looking, you know, how can people follow you? You know, for people who want to jump on and put an order in, for people who want to find out more about it and get in touch. I mean, your social media is awesome. But where, you know, how can we follow that? Because I was surprised, like, one thing I didn't notice, you were formed with an E. You know, was there a reason you went down that naming path? Uh, yeah, there is. Um, So it is form with an E, F-O-R-M-E, uh, life. Um, and uh, it was Eve that named it. Um. And so Eve grew up in, in the French speaking part of Switzerland. Uh, his, French is his first language. Um, and so, uh, and I, by the way, I don't speak French. So this is, this was new to me. Um, uh, form or form uh, is, it means two things. So in English, it would be technique, how you do something and physique, how you look at doing something. Right. And so mm-hmm. being, you know, if they're on good form tonight, right? Hey, you, you had good chat. You're all this sort of stuff, you know, that it's, it's, it's both that as well as you're looking good, right? Um, or you're in fine form, right? So it's a, it's a word that's used in many different ways. I think there's also, um, uh, so a, from a trademark perspective, you can't trademark F O R M. Uh, you need the E, um, and, and B, it had a couple different meanings, uh, as well from, how he saw it um you know names logos there's always going to be someone that likes it there's always gonna be someone that hates it um it's not easy it's it's (laughs) when you're sitting there trying to name you know what it is um it's 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 a very hard thing uh you get there eventually um i i there are a lot of things I like about it. You know, I, we spent a lot of time on on going through the logo. And what does this mean, and how does this? It's a lot it, of hard not, noise. Yeah. It's hard not to, but the reality is, you're gonna get there eventually, right? You know, things that seemed you know seemed unfamiliar at the time eventually become um, familiar. So, uh, I also, you know, I think one of the barriers for people to lifting weights and doing this exercise is are they doing it right or do they have good form and and so i you know we kind of a little bit want to remind you that with us you're going to do it better right you're gonna have good form i like that it's you know it's not even if you're going to do it right you're going to do it better i like you know you've made you're making fitness better 
and that's something that's hard to do. You're you're taking it away from these like the bad quality gyms and stuff like that, and you're giving people the luxury of it in their own homes, and that's something that's never been done well or good. Um, but where can people find you then? You know, how do we get more information and just see like how the, what you're going to do next and future projects and evolutions of the current mirror? Totally. So, um, you know, Instagram is a big uh, channel for us. So our handle is this is form life. Um, you know, one of the one of the reasons Instagram is so great is the the visuals and we have such a visually compelling product. Um, and we're about to start releasing our our trainers, we're going to start releasing opening stores and showing you that. So that's, that's a great place. Um, it's, it's more organic, there's social content, it's a little more behind the scenes. Um, you know, there are humans behind this brand. Uh, our website, formlife.com, F-O-R-M-E, life.com, uh, has probably more technical information, a little more static, um, but, but, you know, certainly is updated regularly. Um, you know, th- those, are, those are probably the best, best ways, uh, I, I'd say, you know, and um, again, we're, we're about to open 11 stores across the U.S. in, in, in the next couple of months. So, you know, hopefully uh, some of your listeners are in markets where they can actually come down and, and see it and try it because, frankly, there hasn't been a person I've met who wasn't more impressed in person than what than, than the pictures they saw. So um, it's really an in-person thing that you need to you need to experience. I, I can't wait to see it in first hand because I've seen the you know the details the, the social media the videos I've read reviews I've read the documentation I've read everything I could about it on the website um, like on Google and I love the idea of like white gloved you know installation teams and you know I just thought they're doing this right they know what they're doing they know their market but they're giving them what they need but making it look badass when they're doing it is there anything before we go, I'll wrap it up. But is there anything that you think we haven't covered? Is there anything you want to announce? Anything coming up? Um, I know with COVID, it's very difficult. But is there anything you're doing on social media, perhaps? I, you know, I could direct people towards. You know, uh, I'd say in the next, um, uh, we're gonna have some big announcements coming up. Uh, uh, I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, but I'd say I, there's some some big stuff uh, that that will will get a lot of people excited. I believe. Um, and then maybe just the, you know, we talked a lot about working hard and fitness. And one of the other elements here is, um, recovery, right. And how important that is to making progress and to, you you can't hit it hard all the time. You're going to get injured. You're going to wear your body down. The, the making progress towards your goals really needs a structured, uh, program of recovery as well. And, I think that's becoming a new thing. People, you know, so products like Whoop, um, who, you know, are, uh, are great. And they're kind of telling people, hey, your body's not ready for this. You know, we, so we've baked in some of those things and, and we'll, you know, we'll take data from, from providers like Aura Ring and Whoop Band and your Apple Watch to say, here, you have a session today, but you're actually, your session is going to be recovery focused. And so it's 30 minutes uh, you know, you, you have your 30 minutes between podcasts. Great. Do your workout, but also we're also going to have, Hey, here's, here's 15 minutes today of just mobility and stretching. And I think that plus the content for the mind, you know, this holistic approach to your health, um, is, is very important. And, and that it's a struggle when you're a gym or a boutique fitness thing where you're kind of selling one product. Um, 
the fact that we can kind of we have digital we can sell the whole the whole suite or we can we can prescribe for you the the strength the mobility the the you know fun right all of these things um to really keep you in tip-top shape well that's it for another week and thank you for listening it's now time to take what you've learned and use it to develop and enhance your life with the key points mentioned. Listen, try it, embrace it, use it, and crush it. Now's your time to hit that next level in your life. If you liked this episode, then please leave a comment on the show notes or a review of the show on your podcast platform. Everything helps evolve the show. Until next week, keep seeking the next level in your life.